Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Brian Hill, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. You uh, you might know him from a, a small little Twitter exchange we had over the last week where, uh, you know, I, I did say that he sucked. And of course, Brian Hill doesn't suck. I, I'm just doing a, I'm doing a bit on the internet, but you, you sometimes forget that these, uh, these are guys with families, you know, and, uh, and who are out there risking their, their bodies for, for, uh, basically, you know, to, just for, for their NFL teams. And so we had about a 30 minute conversation about, you know, what it's like to play in the NFL, what Brian's career has been like, uh, what, uh, what it might be like, you know, tanking for uh you know if you played on a tanking NFL team really this is this is one of the best episodes of the show that we've ever done and Brian even uh he he did weigh in on the running backs don't matter conversation and I think that is pretty interesting of course we are sponsored by rotoexperts.com you can get 10% off of the NFL 365 package using the promo code matic the link for that is in the description for the show you can get bonus episodes of the show on the Patreon patreon.com/slash take cast and it's always helpful if you leave a rating and review for the show now uh, let's get into the episode all right everyone would like to welcome in of course brian hill of the atlanta falcons and uh the wyoming university cowboys uh to the show we have to start brian with the obvious spot you caught me talking bad about you on uh on twitter what is it like for NFL players, just in general, to have to deal with people like me, whose uh, whose job it is to talk about how good they are at their jobs? Um, it's probably pretty frustrating to some players. Me, I get a kick out of going online and trolling people anyway. So if someone's trolling me, I'll usually just make fun of them right back and have fun with it that way. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, there there are really like two ways to kind of uh, respond to the situation. There's the way that you handled it, which was just to uh you know to troll me right back, and then uh, you know some guys they they get mad. Uh, one of the 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 funniest times when it happens are when uh, at the end of a game a running back you know they they kneel at the one yard line instead of scoring the touchdown to uh, to run the mm-hmm. clock out like Jamal Williams did that uh, did that this year what would what would you yeah. do T- time's running out would you would you kneel or would you score the touchdown would I kneel or would I score the touchdown yeah, yeah. Time, time's running out. You you kneel the ball. Your team wins a hundred percent. You score. Your team wins ninety nine percent. But you get the touchdown. I won't have to score until my coach. I believe in our defense. That's the that's the right answer. That makes me that makes me think that you're ready to put on for the fantasy owners, Brian. Uh it's not really for fantasy. I don't really care about fantasy, but it's just hard to pass down a touchdown. Especially oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you you just scored your your first NFL touchdown. Like, uh, I was like, what, like a 22 yard run? Tell me, like, okay, tell me what was the play call, and did you know that you were gonna have the space on that play? Uh, it was a pitch to the left. We just hit them for a big game, so I knew that they would be probably expecting another pass. So. I just wanted to get to my landmark as fast as possible and hit it if a crease opened up. And Austin Hooper and my left tackle, Jake Matthews, did a great job stealing it off. Just basically walked in. Yeah, you were uh, you were pretty much untouched after you had uh, had broken the line of scrimmage, and that was the uh, that was the first game I think in two hundred and nine games that Matt Ryan did not start for the Falcons. What was like? What was that like for the organization to go into that game? Uh, you know, with with Matt Schaub instead of Matt Ryan. Um, you know, we felt sorry for Matt Ryan. Of course, he like you said that was. 200 plus game streak that was just broken. So I know he felt that and we kind of felt sorry for him, but everywhere in the league, it's the next man up mentality and Job's been here way longer than me. So everyone in the locker room had his trust. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of, kind of speaking about the locker room, do you think that most guys in the locker room, at least on the offensive side of the ball, do you think that they are like, like, are people talking about fantasy football or about their numbers or anything like that? I just, I've always been kind of curious if it's something that uh, guys are like aware of. Cause I know some dudes actually play like uh, there, there are some guys who play in some fantasy football leagues. I, I've heard of a couple instances of like that. And then, you know, Keenan Allen last week, he had a bad game and he tweeted like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry that my, uh, my numbers weren't very good. And then some guys like you are, are just not really into it. They don't really care, which, which I totally get. What do you think the, the general attitude is? Um, it's probably half and half. Based, I think it's based off if you play fantasy football or not. Like you said, if someone has a fantasy team, they definitely care. They compete in every week, just like we compete in the game. So they definitely want to win that, even if it isn't physical, you know. But if you gave it up in college like me, I don't even pay attention anymore. 
Right, right. Yeah, and I it's what's what's funny is so I've had like some baseball players on the show and like pro baseball players are like super super into fantasy football. They play like really competitive for a lot of money and they all take it really seriously and I just I've always found that funny cuz I don't think I've ever heard one football player ever say that they play fantasy baseball. <laughs> I mean, if they if they're baseball fans, I'm sure they probably do. I used to play fantasy basketball. It was just too many games to keep track of. So I, I imagine that would be the same problem in baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is just too much. Do you know? Uh, do you know if there are guys who are in the league right now who who play like? Is it? Does anyone on the Falcons play fantasy basketball, or like, do they play on DraftKings or FanDuel or anything? Uh, not that I know of. I don't think I've seen anyone in the last football player I really heard of playing fantasy football was Maurice Jones Drew because he always drafted himself first round yep yeah yeah I know uh I know yeah uh, he and he does like he's on he's on tv and stuff all the time now uh so one of the things yeah. I I for sure wanted to ask you about was playing with Josh Allen and uh I mean first what is the difference as a running back between playing with a running quarterback like Josh and playing with, you know, just a, a pure pocket passer like Matt Ryan, uh, like Matt Schaub, like Andy Dalton, or, and the, those scout team guys when you were with the Bengals? Um, Josh is – it was fun playing with Josh, for sure. I love him to death. He was one of my best friends on the team. Uh, it's definitely different playing with a running quarterback than a passing quarterback. In situations where a passing quarterback gets in trouble, he'll dump it off to the running back, or we won't have to worry about sharing carries with a quarterback. Right. That's the difference between passing. But with Josh, it was like he had such a big arm. You wanted the ball in his hands as much as possible. So, obviously, that meant we passed a little more. He was also a mobile quarterback, so – if he saw an open lane, he'd rather go take that run instead of take the ball down. That's really the biggest difference. Other than that, Josh throws the ball like 85 yards and can make any right. pass he wants. So it's just a matter of looking to see what exciting happens next. Did you guys uh, at Wyoming, did you guys run any zone read or, or like zone option type stuff, or was that not really in the rotation? Uh, no, we didn't do zone read. Josh just came off a shoulder surgery the year before, so we wanted to keep him on his feet as much as possible. Yeah. So while you while you were playing there, and like, did did the team, did the coaches, like, did you guys know that Josh was going to be a first round draft pick, or or did all of that buzz and him being taken so high by the Bills kind of surprise you? Because like, from someone on the outside, you know, not not following. Uh, Wyoming football every single day like uh Josh being drafted that high was kind of a surprise from the outside uh it wasn't a surprise to me I actually lost a bet to Joe Mixon because I thought he was going to get drafted before Baker I thought he before was Baker to the Browns, honestly, yeah so I was definitely a little disappointed in how well he went high but I felt like he should have went one you felt like you felt like he should have gone before Baker. I mean, Josh Allen has played; he's played much better than Baker this season. I actually, I actually think Josh is 
I, I, I think he's really good. I, I viewed myself as being wrong about him before the draft. I was I was one of those people that was kind of pessimistic on him before he was drafted, but I've been really impressed by how well he's played for the Bills. Oh, yeah, I mean, like you said, he went to a small school like Wyoming, so a lot of people didn't get to really watch him, but I've seen him in practice during games on crunch time. I've seen him roll to the left and throw the ball. 50 yards down the right sideline. He just do stuff different that other quarterbacks only wish they could. So that's really what where I was thinking, like, there's no way he doesn't go number one. He's too talented. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's huge too. He's he's a he's a big dude. He can take you know he can take a hit like uh, that. That's definitely not the same as Baker. Yeah. Uh, he's a good so player though. Yeah. Oh, Baker. Yeah, he's great too. I mean, I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm an Oklahoma Sooners fan. I have been. I have been my whole life. So I was. I was pretty confident that Baker was going to go first overall. But uh, actually, how did you end up? How did you end up playing at Wyoming? Like, uh, what was the what was the recruiting process like to end up there? Um, the staff recruited me to play at Indy North Dakota State University before they got the job at Wyoming and when they got the job offer, they just extended that offer. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, I mean, that's a, uh, it's a pretty typical, it's a pretty typical uh, story. So what has been the biggest difference for you in terms of like how you've structured your game from 2017 now? Because uh, at first the Falcons cut you, you spent some time in uh, Cincinnati, you know, kind of on practice squads in the bottom of death charts. But now you have a, a real role with, uh, with Ito Smith injured. Like what it, have you, have you changed your game? Have you just been working harder? Like get the right breaks? Like what has been different for you over the last three years? Uh, definitely just, kept working, trying to stay patient, and really the biggest difference between that year and this year is my confidence. I know I can play in the league as to whereas my rookie year I was still wondering, can I do it? So now I know I had a talent to play, and I just go out there and put my all out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, that's everyone is best served by uh, by doing that. One of the things that I read uh, about you know getting ready for this interview was that you've really worked on your pass catching, and to me, like from the outside, that kind of seems like uh, the most important thing that uh, that a running back can work on right now because you know the NFL teams are just they're passing more and more and more, and they're you know they're working on running a little bit less. So like. You know, our our younger running backs, like, do you, like, if you were speaking to, like, a 14-year-old kid right now who was, you know, wanting to become a running back, would you tell him, you know, you got to make sure your hands are right, got to make sure that you know how to run the routes and pass block kind of before anything else? Uh, Definitely not before anything else. You, the position still called running back, you know, and the two best right. teams in the league right now who are undefeated run the ball very well. So you still need to be able to run the ball, but as from where you were coming from, it's definitely good to develop those other skills as secondary skills. Make sure they aren't your primary, because if they are, you'll get labeled as just the third down back. Yeah, and I mean, th- hey, third down, D- Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard's been a third down back his whole career, and he is now, Gio Bernard is the, uh, the seventh highest paid running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, 
this is a this is a huge question, and I've never I've talked with other football players about this, but none who play running back. So like right now, the biggest debate amongst like football nerds is the value of like each individual running back for a team. You know, there's the people. Uh, like myself, who thought that the Giants should not have drafted Saquon Barkley at number two. And then there are some people that say, I mean, it's obvious Saquon Barkley, he's the best. Like, why would you not want to have that guy on your team? So you, Brian Hill, the running back, what do you view the running back's job as in, like, the NFL in 2019? Uh, You hit on it a little bit earlier. You, like I said, you have to run the ball, have to be effective at running the ball. Because that's usually what a lot of offenses are built around, staying on schedule, making sure it's second and six instead of second and ten. So as long as you're effective running the ball, you'll get your shot. And then that's where you have those secondary skills, pass blocking, very important to keep the quarterback on his feet, and catching the ball out of the backfield. And in my opinion, catching the ball out of the backfield is only beneficial to the running back. You know, you're used to running in – to eight-man, seven-man boxes. When you get the ball in space, it's definitely a lot easier out there. Yeah, no one no but, one is there within five yards of you when you're catching the ball out of the backfield, whereas, like, uh, what, okay, this is the best way I've ever heard it described. For a, for a running play to work successfully, 11 people have to do their job perfectly, right? And and someone yeah. on the defense has to mess up. But for a passing play, mm-hmm. that that is not true. Like, do you, as a, as, like, a pro football player, do you think that is true? That definitely is true for a running play. Everyone needs to be on point, and the defense probably needs to miss a gap. But if you get the ball in space, that's when talent takes over. That's why you see so many big plays from wideouts. they some of the most talented people on the field, and when they get the ball in their hands, you get to see it. Yeah, and and that's why. So that's what the whole the whole argument is. So okay, so let me take this even a step further. What if I if I told you that I think the New York Giants would have the same record for their football team if you were their running back and Saquon Barkley was the Falcons' running back? Do you think that that is true or false? Uh, that they had the same record. Yeah, so it, I think that if you replaced Saquon for the Giants the Giants would have the same record that they have right now. Their wins-losses would not be any different, and I think that they would be just as good on offense as they are if you were playing instead of Saquon. I mean, I'm pretty sure I would do good in the running game just because, like I said, that confidence, but it's a team game, you know? And Yeah, it is a team game. Yeah. Running back doesn't have the biggest impact on the field. The biggest impact on offense will probably come from you're losing a left tackle or a quarterback, honestly. Yeah, because so that's like. Who blocks the best pass rusher and that's who runs, runs the offense. So a running back, I think running back and wide out is the most talented position in the NFL. I guess a lot of guys that's sitting at home that people will probably ask, how is he not playing in the NFL based off talent alone, you know? And that's just because everyone in the league is talented. So if you switch out running backs, that team could still probably have the same amount of success. But if you switch out a quarterback, that's when it gets shaky. Yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, 
that it's very it's very wild to me to hear you say that because there are people who are there are people who are not running backs who you know I I think don't know that much about football that would disagree with you that would say okay no uh you know the the left tackle doesn't matter that much like so on and so forth so I think I think it's really interesting to hear someone who plays the position uh you know be able to understand the game like at that level because it's not that it's not that running backs don't matter it's just that there are a lot of guys like yourself who are talented who can get what is blocked who can make plays when they are in space and you know after after a certain point there's only so much you can do on a lot of running plays basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay so uh well, actually, here I—I've actually want to ask this question as well. What is your? What would be your favorite offensive system to play in as as a, a running back? Like, is the West Coast system perfect? Uh, like, I I love watching the air raid. So, like, you know that that Washington State Texas Tech stuff. I love that. As like a as a running back, what is your favorite system to play in? Or like, you know, do you love the Falcon system? Was the Wyoming system more fun to play in? Where are you at with that? Uh. I mean, for running plays, usually every system has the same type of runs, zone scheme, gap scheme, and then uh, pitch. So there's only like three type of runs you can do. And if you add draw, I guess that's four, but that can probably even be zone. So literally every offense you just named except for air rate probably has all three of those runs. So for running back, right. it really don't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think like – and granted, you know, again, I'm I'm very far on the outside. I I think playing like the more pass heavy the offense, the more spread out stuff is. It seems like it would be mm-hmm. more fun to be a running back in that offense. Like like the Cardinals right now, they don't have a very good record. They don't have a very good offense, but they like all three of their running backs. Uh, they got Zenner now. They have uh, they traded for Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, David Johnson. They've all had really mm-hmm. big lanes to run through because of how yeah. spread out the defense has to be against them. Oh, yeah, most definitely, and just like offense and defense is like chess for real. If we're out in 11 personnel, they have to come out with three DBs, and if they don't, then they get, we can pass on them all day, and if they come out and try to stop the run, knowing that you run out of the 11 personnel and bring a linebacker instead of an extra DB, that's when you know you got them. So it's really just – a cat and mouse game between the coaches when it comes to coaching philosophies and styles of offense and defense. I think it matters more on defense though. You think that you think that um personnel matters more on defense than on offense? Oh uh, yeah. In, ter- in terms of off- like play types? Yeah, a lot of offenses just go off of what the defense do. Yeah, I, so, and yeah. more more defenses than ever. Like they're like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but their their base set is the nickel now instead of the three four or the four three. Yeah, so if they have a base set as nickel, if you come out with two wide receivers, two a running back, a fullback, and a tight end, they'll be at a, at a disadvantage because we'll probably have a tight end or fullback guarding their extra cornerback, well, blocking their extra cornerback. And that's when running lanes can open up. 
So when when the Falcons coaching staff, when they start getting things ready for the week in terms of uh, the game plan, how much are they thinking about the opposing defense versus what they want to do with your guys' offense that week? Are, are they starting out with, okay, you know, this is kind of the, the 15 plays that we want to script out to start. We want this to kind of be our, our loose game plan for the week. Or are they first looking at the opposing defense and saying, okay, this is what the opposing defense does. This is how we combat it. I honestly have no idea. We just come in on Wednesday and they give us the plays that are that might be up that week. Yeah. That they think can hit. Yeah. How much is how much is changing week to week? Like is a lot of it just the stuff that you guys have um at the beginning of the year? Like the like kind of that playbook or are you guys adding you know, two plays a week, five plays a week, ten plays a week kind of during the course of the year? Um it's usually we don't run anything that we haven't practiced before, so it's usually from training camp, and then we'll bring it back up if it looks like it'll work that week. Yeah, so it's like it's like you guys maybe start out with eighty plays, and then on a given week, it's like okay, we're gonna run these twenty plays as like our as our primary sets, and then maybe those shift throughout the week. Uh. I guess so. I don't know. Really, the coaches just handle all that, and we play. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, uh, so is with with Atlanta is the is the OC calling the plays, or does uh, do Ryan and Schaub call the plays like in the in the huddle and after talking with the coach? Uh, the offensive coordinator gives the plays to the quarterbacks, and they let us know. Yeah. It's and I guess because the way that I've always kind of understood it is that that's also a thing that differs based on the system that you're running, like that air raid system that they're trying to do in Arizona. Like that thing, that thing started out with four plays. There was there was four plays that uh, that Coach Leach and Coach Mummy ran, and they were three passing plays and one running play, and then they could change the direction based on what the defense was doing before the snap and and the quarterback called all of those plays. The, the the offensive coordinator and the coach wasn't calling any plays like uh like just straight up during a drive. Um that sounds like I don't know. Does that, that, sounds does like that sound crazy to you? Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of pressure on the players. Yeah, and I mean I guess 'cause the I guess the the job of NFL coaches is to is to take less of that pressure off. Because, like all of you guys want to have your job as simply defined as possible, right? Like you want to know like the three things you have to do on every play, as opposed to like everyone else's responsibilities. Exactly. Yeah. You want to know what you have to do perfectly so you can play fast. If right. You down yourself on the field, you already lost. Yeah, I mean, is that is that a is that a big problem for? I I would assume that like thinking too much is just. <laughs> death for a quarterback like if you're out there thinking about what you got to do you're just going to get you're just going to get crushed but is that is that a big problem for you know running back wide receiver tight ends too uh most definitely so i could just imagine how it is for a quarterback yeah you think too much as a quarterback the whole team doesn't have a chance that play but if you think it too much as a receiver or running back Maybe you can get away with it if the other ten are doing their job. Yeah, 
Okay, so you are uh, you're on your bye week right now, and uh, I mean, big big shout out to your family. You actually uh, you just had a, a child on your bye week. How did you how did you manage to get this scheduled so perfectly to to uh, to have a child during your bye week? This is a it's a, it's a very lucky circumstance for you, my man. Uh, it's a blessing. We had we were gonna induce her with we were gonna probably induce her next week. For scheduling on the eighth, but on Tuesday she just decided it was time to start coming, and then we had her that Wednesday morning. Yeah. So, what do uh, what do most NFL players do during their bye week? This I have I've never really heard anyone talk about. You know, okay, this is like I mean, maybe some guys mentioned going on vacation or whatever, and it's probably different based on if you you know you have a, a wife and kids versus if you're a, a single guy. But like, what is a well? First of all, what is a normal NFL bye week like for you? For me, uh, I usually just chill at home. Go work out a little bit, nothing crazy, maybe some balance stuff and abs. But usually the bye week is spent relaxing, getting ready to take on however many more games you got left in the season. For us, it'll be eight. So we're just trying to reset and focus on the next game, get ready for this eight-game block. Would you rather have your uh would you rather have your bye week earlier in the season or later in the season? I I would think from the outside it would be so much better to have it later in the season like a like a week 10 bye sounds great. Yeah. Um Yeah, late season, middle season, that's the perfect time to have one. The early season byes always feel bad for them. I had one my rookie year so I know it's not easy. If you have like a bye week after week four, for week five you have a bye, you have 12 more games, 12 games straight. So it's basically a college season with no bye week. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, it seems very tough. Like that's like what, like the, so the 49ers, they're undefeated right now. They're playing, they're playing Mm -hmm. on a short week against Arizona, but they've already had their bye. So like the only, the only way the 49ers players, they're going to get a week off for uh for the rest of the year is if they if they get a bye week uh heading into the playoffs they 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 have yeah. to they have to win their division pretty much. Mhm. So yeah, that's gonna it's definitely gonna be hard on their bodies, but they're not the only team that has to go through it this year, and every team has to deal with their own struggles. They don't have that many, obviously. So I guess bye week was the one for them this year. Yeah. All right, so one other one other thing I want to ask you about is uh you know there's there's a lot of talk in the NFL right now for the first time about tanking. So this has always been something that's existed in the NBA, but now we have a team with the Miami Dolphins that is just they're they're just obviously trying not to win games. What is what would it be like? Can you put yourself in a situation of like what would it be like to play on a team that wasn't even in wasn't even trying to put you in a position for success. Like, how would that feel like to you as a player, putting your body on the line out there like that? Uh, it'd definitely be disrespectful because, uh, just speaking from experience, I'm pretty sure everyone in the NFL is a competitor. You know, that's how they got here. So to try to lose a game would probably be pretty hard, especially with the talent in the league. So that would have to probably come from somewhere up top. So they probably wouldn't be on board with it. The play the players I'm saying. 
Yeah. And that would probably be a bad dynamic in the locker room. Yeah, like, can you can you imagine, like, I mean, do you have any buddies who play for the Dolphins or anything? Like, can you imagine what it would be like in that in that room right now where, like, they, you know, they have no wins, the, the it's, they're switching up quarterbacks every other week. Like, what what do you think it's like in that locker room right now? Uh, probably chaos in that locker room, honestly. But thankfully, even if the record's bad here in Atlanta, we're going to go try to win every week. So I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you guys are going to try and win. You got you got Matt Ryan. You guys have the the team has been in a Super Bowl. Like it's it's a totally different experience. Cause, yeah. and you guys have been you guys have been competitive too. Like Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan's playing well. Um, you know, you guys have had you guys have had some bad luck in a couple games. You you kind of tested Seattle there uh, in in that uh, in that last week. So like it is it is a different situation. I, I'm trying to the the guy I'm trying to get in uh, his mind is like so Mark Walton right. Uh, were you guys mm-hmm. were you guys teammates on the Bengals? Was he there with you? Yeah, I, I don't were. know if you guys overlapped. So, so Mark, yeah. he's he's the starting running back for for the Dolphins now, right? And uh, mm-hmm. he knows he knows you know probably my team's not setting me up for a great amount of success. I'm gonna get tackled twenty times in this game. What what is his mindset heading into uh, like this game against the Jets? Oh, I know Mark. Uh, he's gonna try the ball. No matter what, I'm pretty sure he's not even worried about what his team's trying to do. He's going out there trying to get 100 yards for sure, knowing him and his mindset. It's fun yeah. to watch him. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch him too. I, I think Mark is. I think Mark is uh, is pretty talented. It just for me, like you know, someone who has you know just come nowhere close to playing uh, a sport on the highest level. It, it seems wild to put yourself in a mindset to get you know, hit that many times for a team that's not trying to stick their neck out for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, hey, it's business, so he knows yeah. that he can't tank. If a player tries to tank, then a player will be out of the league, you know. So it's a business for players, just like it is for the front office. They He has to put on film just in case the Dolphins decide not to keep him next year. But the way yeah, he's playing, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on that roster. Yeah, there's a lot. Like all of those guys are kind of like auditioning for for the next spot, <laughs> and and some of the guys are 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 giving up. Right? They're like the you know uh, Minka. He wanted to get traded. Um, Kenyon Drake. He wanted to get traded, and he they they got their trades. And then you know there it it is a great opportunity for guys like uh, Preston Williams, you know, undrafted free agent. Uh, and uh, and and your boy Mark Walton, like this is a really like they'll probably never get more playing time in their careers guaranteed than they have right now. Yeah, so it's really like you said, an audition time for them to go out, put their talent on display, and if teams like what they see, they'll get the call. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, okay, my man. Last thing. Last thing I want to ask you: Can you can you give us? Any any inside info, any fantasy football nugget for the rest of the year? Who's gonna crush for the Falcons? Who have you played against? Who is uh, is gonna you know blow up that people are not expecting? You have do you have any insight for us? None at all. None at all. All right, I I, I respect very that well. very much. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, uh, for your uh, 
for your time, man. Thank you very much for uh, for doing the show. And uh, I, you're definitely gonna make me think twice about next time I uh, I complain about someone on Twitter. All right, man. No problem. Yeah, take it easy. Uh, enjoy enjoy your bye week. Uh, best best wishes to the fam. I hope everyone hope everyone's uh, happy and healthy. And uh, you know, good luck for the rest of the year, man. Appreciate it. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.